Welcome to the Wealthy Circle Forums, where we hear from finalists who are paving the way in the wealth management industry. The pandemic changed the way we work and the way we interact. Digital is everywhere, and everywhere is digital. In the wealth management space, this has propelled client engagement light years ahead of where it was years ago. I'm Patrice Sikora, and with me are two industry leaders who are at the forefront of client interaction and new technology. Candice Carlton is Executive Vice President of Advisor Growth Marketing at FICOM, and Doug Besso is Chief Technology Officer at Hightower. Candice and Doug, thank you so much for being here. I'm looking forward to this discussion. Thank you, Patrice. Yeah, All right, let's take an overall view here. Doug, you had this great idea to start with overall experience. What is technology bringing to wealth management? Yeah, I, I like to think about it as when the pandemic hit, you know, technology was a little bit of a, of a you know, advisors and the adoption of technology was, was always a struggle. And I think we all experienced the instant need to, you know, not be able to travel, not be able to do things and, and using technology became a necessity. And with that necessity, and you fast forward a few years, the, the experience that people can have with technology doesn't replace things, it enhances them. And I like to think of it how we can break things together is, you know, Zoom doesn't replace going out and meeting a client, but you can certainly use technologies like Zoom to enhance the experience. So maybe you can meet your client more often. You can meet the client where it's more convenient for them because maybe they Mm -hmm. don't always want you in their living room um, or coming into an office. So that's just a simple example of how using technology the right way creates a better experience for everybody, more efficiency for the advisor, much ease of use for a client. And when you look at how we deploy technology throughout our ecosystem, that's really what we're trying to do. If we if we can save time, save clicks, um, 20 seconds saved here or there, done 30 times a day, that's a big enhancement to someone's day. It, it gives time back to do things that are more important to the business, which usually is the client experience. It's more time servicing clients. And same thing is true for an end client. When we're creating experience for the end client, it's trying to bring as many things forward to them so that they can see everything in one place and they can save clicks and they're not diving through layers of clicks trying to find something that it's there in front of them. Um, so that's a little bit of what, from a big picture, what, you know, what the way I think the industry should be moving and certainly what we're trying to do here at Hightower. Candice, some thoughts? So what's really interesting is I've spent my entire career in the RA space at Mercer Advisors and then United Capital that was acquired by Goldman Sachs before joining Ficom Partners. And if I think about almost 10 years ago, we were implementing a video for our advisors at United Capital as a way to really integrate all the firms that we are acquiring into one culture. And we were doing everything with a video first approach because what we found is it put a face and a personality to the company and advisors could stay aligned with the vision and the updates and that translated to growth. But what that ultimately translated to was advisors saying, I love the way we communicate internally. It feels so human. I feel so connected to these other offices. We want to be able to do this with our prospects and clients. And so at the time, we actually built an in-house video messaging tool for advisors to be able to do that. And that was like way ahead because I remember our compliance department having to call and find out how do we archive this volume of video and they, the SEC at the time said, we've never been asked this question. So like, let's start to think <laughs> about it, you know? 
So I think we were, I was around really early adoption of technology. And I think about it, obviously, now from a marketing lens is what we're seeing is, I think it really gives us the ability and advisors the ability to humanize the way they show up with prospects and clients, whether they're podcasting or using video, a way to show up in a really human first way where geography no longer matters in terms of who they're serving and how they're serving them. Did you see any frustration in adopting new technologies? I think that there's always a learning curve. And now at FICOM, for example, I host our one-day DIY video workshop where we have advisors learn how to use video in one day. So they come around in a cohort base, they make five videos in one day, and then they take on a 30-day challenge. And what I tell those advisors, because they start, some of them start to struggle with the technology or how to do things. And I always say, this is good because figure out your frustrations here so that you can then go into your everyday workflow and be able to implement it quite seamlessly. So I think, yes, I think that there's always initial frustration, but if advisors are committed to a digital first presence, which we're seeing most of them are moving that way because they know how important it is, there is that willingness to like overcome those initial barriers. And I also think we're in a place where technology is advancing so fast, you can shoot an amazing video or even a podcast on your phone or using your webcam or whatever it is, whereas before you used to have to have like really fancy gear and do all these multiple steps. I think technology is becoming much more accessible, much more intuitive. And so I think much more embedded in our everyday and personal lives. And I think Doug said, you know, the pandemic really sped things up, which is true, which I think is what we're seeing is these types of communication mediums we're all using in our personal lives. And so all we're seeing now is the movement to that towards our business lives. Doug, at CTO, I'm sure you have seen frustration. <laughs> yes, every day. <laughs> no, and, and you know, it's, as Canis was talking, it's it's that I think what's also good, you know, and this may sound like it's not not good, but the expectations have gone up. So what what we saw a lot too, and I and I do hear this a lot is, you know, I can get these great experiences when I go to Amazon, right? I can see the package going down the street. I know it's ten minutes away. I mean, I take a picture of it when it. I mean, it's it's right. It's a great experience. So everybody wants that experience at work. So you know, I think where we used to get a pass on some of those things in the wealth management business, we don't anymore because everybody's life is is experiencing things that they know what great feels like, and they want that great feeling in in other things they do. So for us, it's translated back into personalization, right? It's, I don't just give me the same screen everybody else has. I I'm different. I want to see things. I want to be able to move them around. And then I want my search engine to be smart. I want it to be like Google, where it's telling me things I'm thinking. And I swear I never even type that in and it's already serving up things to me. That's the expectation at work. I don't want to have to search for something. I want it to tell me what I'm thinking or what I'm, you know, as I start to type and it comes up. So the hyper-personalization is also a trend that, you know, while it makes our job harder, it's it's great because it's going to challenge us to deliver better experiences and you know we know what the bar is it doesn't it's not within our business it's going to be in businesses that are so focused on it that they'll challenge the rest of us to bring those same tools and that's the beauty of building things i always say building them right is those same tools are available we can bring in the exact same tools they're using 
into our business and be able to use those to also create experiences like that. So that's the fun part about the things that we're really starting to focus on now is I think those experiences will be very personal. They will be, you know, at the client level, at the advisor level, they're everybody's experience is going to be slightly different the way they want it to be, not the way we think they want it to be. Talk to me about how or what advisors have come to you and said about how the technology has changed their relationships with their clients. Candace. Yeah. So I love to use, we have advisors come into us all the time and we're always really excited about it, but they'll tell us things like I had a prospect schedule a meeting with me. And when they met me, and we actually had the first call, they said that they felt like they knew me and they were ready to sign. Or I'm an advisor and we had one of our clients in, uh, it's a community bank in South Sioux Falls, South Dakota, First National Bank of Sioux Falls, and their chief wealth management officer, so it's a chief wealth management officer in a community bank, has a really successful podcast, Common Sense on the Prairie. They won our podcast awards that we ran this year. He said this was never a goal of his podcast, but advisors have reached out to him and said, I've listened to your podcast. I'd like to join you. Or I've listened to your podcast and I'm ready to sign. So in both instances, what we're finding is prospective clients or prospective advisors who maybe want to tuck in or firms that want to join are using quote unquote technology. So podcasting, YouTube to really understand what their advisor's philosophy is, worldview is, what it would be like to work with them. And they're deciding whether or not they want to work with them even before they schedule that meeting. Mm-hmm. So, so I'm really seeing that like if we think about technology, like they know who you are before they even meet with you is essentially what it comes down to. Which, Doug, brings me to the question, do advisors come to you with suggestions or do they come to you and say, why are we doing this? Uh, Absolutely. I mean, part of our culture is that where I think, you know, I'm not an advisor, right? So for me to go and tell an advisor how to run their business um, and the tools they need would be as strange as them telling me that how, how to build technology, you know, one way versus the other. So, you know, it has to be a collaboration. They they're living it every day and Yes. Some of the best ideas we've had come from our advisors and they start with a, it's just an idea and a concept. And then we need to scale it to an enterprise level and deal with all the complexities that it has. But they're running a business. They have a problem they can't solve. They know there's probably a technical way to solve it and they bring those ideas forward. So culture, that's a big part of what we are. But I think that's also from my experiences when I worked in in a, in a wirehouse, um, you know, that, that wasn't always the way we operated. And I think you have to operate that way because there are great ideas out there. And, and I think we also learned in talking to clients directly, you know, advisor would tell us what they thought their client wanted. And then they'd say, yeah, sure, go ahead and talk to my client. And we go talk to some of their clients and the client came back and it was different. <laughs> and it was different in a good way because mm-hmm. they're saying, my advisor doesn't need to, you know, I just give me a form, electronic form, and I'll fill that information out or send me that in a digital way. I don't have to, they don't have to go to all that effort. It's it's not necessary. And I think advisors, you know, they want to overserve, which is great. But I think using technology to save steps, to deliver information, to collect information, again, goes back to my Amazon. They're, they're used to doing it themselves. They're used to seeing things. They can use their phone give them an easy way to do something. And I think they're going to be pleased that they can just do it at their leisure. And it's not so much effort for everybody. And, you know, and I think the same is on the consume side, right? If you want to check information, I should have to call to get something that I can easily see online, right? That's, that's, 
let's just give them the easy stuff. Now let's not give overly complex things that I think that is a conversation with your advisor, right? And it should be the advisor's choice working with their clients on what they want to see when they want to see it, but you have to blend it. It shouldn't be so far one way or the other. And I think that's what we're learning. All right, Doug, you mentioned Amazon a couple of times there. I mean, that's absolutely the the prime example that everybody, no prime pun intended, the example <laughs> that everybody knows, I'm sure. But consumers have become so used to getting everything online. As you say, give it to them there. You don't need to call them. You don't need to, to do anything else. Consumer buying behavior has changed. Candace, talk about that. Yeah, so I think it's a little bit to what I alluded to already, but I always challenge um, our clients and advisors across the industry, and I say, try it on for yourself. So you don't have to believe me, try it on. Think about how you make a buying decision. So if, for example, I said to Doug, Doug, like I've just moved to Chicago, I need a new dentist, and maybe he gives me a referral to a dentist. What's the first thing we all do once we've been given a referral? We Google, we go, we Google, right? So we, we Google them and we, and then we online stalk them for a little bit, right? And it can be any kind of, so referral. So we go online, we, if they're an advisor, you check their credentials, you check their firm, that's not going to steal your money. And then you check out their social profiles and that's your opportunity to really subscribe and follow. And then you really decide in that experience, do I like the vibe of this person, right? So it's like credentials are table stakes. And then it's really about matching worldviews. Is this someone that I can trust with the things that I want to share about my financial life? Is this someone that I can call at three o'clock in the morning? And by the way, I'm not talking about my dentist anymore. I'm talking about financial (laughs) advisors. Okay. But really, you want to get a sense of what would it be like to work with this person and would I enjoy it and could I trust them? And we're establishing all of that before we make the first meeting. So I think we're now in a space of, okay, the internet, if we were just going to be like crude terms, where you have to have a digital footprint. And if you don't, you're totally missing out because the consumer buying behavior, even if you get a referral, people are going online to find out more from you. Whereas I think before you'd get a referral and then you'd have that trust building process happen in the meeting process. Doug, do you feel you're almost having to work ahead of advisors who are savvy, ahead of clients who are savvy to impress them? Well, and I I think what Candace says is is right. I mean, the research, you know, it's important to have things up to date. So I think that the savviness is you can send out the old, you know, your email distributions and that still works for some people. But everybody's going to consume differently. Some people, it's mobile. Some people, it's going to be a PC, some a laptop. Others are going to do their own research, and that that is certainly out there. So, you know, what I think is, it's you have to have all the mediums covered, right? You have to have your your website needs to be updated and current. You need to be, have some kind of distribution where some people like the drip of of you know not you know I almost use the word marketing, but it is it's marketing type of information some podcasts, right? Really popular for a lot of people because time is so important that they can consume it when they want to consume it in their car. And it's different for everybody. So I I think having those up to date and understanding that you have to consume the way or produce the way people want to consume is that change of attitude and change of mind. Whereas I think before it used to be, well, this is what I do. 
You know, I do, I send out a newsletter every Friday and it has the market updates and, you know, that's great for some people, but it's not going to work for everybody. And, and again, I think it goes back to that today, people expect more, they're used to getting things the way they want. And, you know, and if you don't deliver it that way, then they may not, they may move on. And, and that's usually not the desired outcome of, of most of, you know, most advisors. I so I think that. you have to focus on it. I love the way you said that, Doug. And, you know, something that we're always coaching on to advisors because they're like, do I need a podcast or do I need to be on TikTok or like all of these things? There's so many like evolving trends from that perspective. And we always say you don't. But the question to ask is go to your five, five people that represent your ideal client in your current current client base. And if all your clients look like that, you would be happy and ask them. How are they consuming content? Wh what type of content are they consuming? And when we think about it, we've really talked about consumer buying behavior and the prospect journey. But what's more, even as relevant is creating that type of content for clients. I really don't see a difference in it anymore. So creating type of content and high value resources for your ideal client that's publicly accessible, that they can consume in a way that's relevant to them on their schedule. If you do that, it will automatically appeal to prospects. I think that's what's kind of beautiful about where we are right now in terms of consumer buying behavior. Let me ask you both this then. What do you see as the next tech frontier for advisors? This is fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, you know, I, I mean, we've been talking about this type of the augmented reality and how that's going to play into. So you think of what, you know, what companies like Meta are working on, which is this future, you know, but seems really out there. And it really, it probably is, but it doesn't mean we can't do things to augment the life of everyday, the advisor and help them make faster better decisions in servicing their clients and finding clients, prospecting the right people. So if I can take 10 prospects and tell you, these are the two that you have a 90% chance of converting, spend your time there. And these three at the bottom, you have a 20% chance of converting and, and know that that's right. That's incredibly valuable because I'm going to save time, right? Mm -hmm. I'm going to focus on the right things and make sure I get those clients because that's probably a good match for the client too. So it's a win-win if you could find that. And those types of probabilities and creating that, they're, they're certainly the artificial intelligence tools can definitely help you do it. It takes an incredible amount of personalization of data to do that. And I think that's that collecting all those different things and finding out how people react and see. And it can include things on the social side as well, because it could be what they like to do and where they like to do it. So as we look at the future of that, it's marrying the technology with data not getting into things that you shouldn't be looking at, right? So there's a creepy side of data where you go too far and, and certainly not going down any of those paths because data privacy is incredibly important as well, but using it to make better better decisions and better service. And then that obviously translates well into a great match between a, a client and advisor is a win for everybody. And I think that's the outcome you're looking for. And, and that augmented advisor and augmented um, decision-making is definitely on the table here um, in terms of capabilities. And a lot of firms are working on it. I think it's going to result in much better outcomes. I wanted the CTO to answer before I did. Turn <laughs> 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 now. <laughs> so I uh, so here's the reality. Like I hear the virtual reality stuff, and I, like to me, I'm like, wow, that's like so cool and like so far out. And so 
I think about really like how to use technology to great to create greater human connection. So I think in terms of wealth management and advisors specifically is how do you have a human digital first approach? And I think there's a few things winding there. Like, so first of all, we want to connect with people in a way that they want to be connected with. So that's that personalization. And so like, I mean, an obvious thing that sounds so simple and it's not the only part of my answer, but is like having texting be a normal part of our client experience between advisors. And there's just so many compliance restrictions. I think our technology is not there yet. Like having a text stack the same way we do for analyzing your portfolio, but for communications to be able to communicate with prospects and clients in a way that's highly personalized to them. Like I now have my personal email. It's like a junk box. If you don't text me, like I'm probably not going to know that you're trying to reach out to me unless you've used my work email. I mean, that's kind of shocking to me even, but that's just changing behavior. Mm -hmm. So personalization the tech stack. And then to your point, Doug, the data. So we had a demo from a firm called Identified yesterday. Holy moly, the amount of personalized information that you can now access within and to determine like who's in your direct network so that you could potentially reach out to them and serve them. Wow. So if I think about data, And then using that to really personalize how you connect with people in a way that they want to be connected with that personal ways, but in a really human way. And I think to Doug's point, like not creepy, like, you know. Right, right. Yeah. Well, Candace, Doug, this has been a really interesting discussion. I appreciate your time. Is there something we have not mentioned that you feel we should? I think we've done a pretty good job in covering the spectrum here. <laughs> I'm looking at my notes too. I think I think we we did a great job. I, I think you know it's an exciting time. I think that's probably the the the, the one thing to, that we all keep in mind is we're coming out of. Um, you think about you know when you go out and do something today, it seems like there's twice the number of people experiencing everything because we've been cooped up so long, and that's just everywhere you go. It seems like that, and I think that same opportunity is there for us as we start to reengage in different ways. Is Let's learn and, and not do the same things we did two years ago um, because we don't have to, right? People's attitudes and we're, we've all changed. Let's take advantage of that. People want to spend more time. They want to have more free time. And that we can help in that equation by making things easier and, and the things we've talked about here. I think it's a huge advantage for us from an opportunity to also capitalize on the fact that behaviors have changed. And you know those that can, can move quickly into those new behaviors are going to, I think, are going to see a lot of success. Candace? Um, I echo everything that Doug said. And I think I said it offline at the podcast, but I love being with CTOs and tech teams because they're really <laughs> aligned. And I think in a way that we historically hadn't actually seen or needed, there wasn't that need for it. But I think also just to think about like technology as a tool, not as a replacement for that human connection. So really using it as an opportunity to augment what the experience is like with you, but definitely not a replacement. So I'm also excited for the future. And I couldn't have been, I don't think at any stage in my career, more excited to be in our industry as I am now. Well, Doug Besso, Chief Technology Officer at Hightown, Candace Carlton, Executive Vice President of Advisor Growth Marketing at FICOM. Thank you so much for your time. And thank you for listening to this Wealthy Circle podcast. 
For more Wealthy Circle podcasts, visit WMTV on wealthmanagement.com.